0: have an invitation for you guys. If you are out there listening to this podcast, you love this podcast, then I really believe that you are going to love this community as well. I know for myself, every time I sit down on the mic, I connect to your guys' energy, and it is such a beautiful community, such a beautiful space. And. I truly feel a non-judgmental space. I feel safe and comfortable with you guys sharing my story, sharing my experiences, sharing all of me here on the podcast. And it is part of why I'm so passionate about bringing you guys together at experiences and in-person events. I think there is something that happens in these in-person experiences and events that is so beautiful and so magical because there are like-minded, feminine-identifying human beings coming into a space, coming together for a weekend to connect, to bring our experiences, to be fully seen and heard, to be loved, to be supported. And I know there are a lot of you out there there that maybe don't have a big community or maybe you don't have anyone or maybe you have a community but you feel like there's something missing and you're feeling called to connect with people who are like-minded, people who are able to hear and see you or maybe just new people who don't know your past. I think there's something really powerful about putting yourself in situations that maybe stretch you a little out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to a retreat, I was terrified. I had this story that I didn't belong anywhere. I was really scared, but what ended up happening is I met some of the most amazing women who inspired me, who saw me, and who believed in my dreams and what I wanted to do in this world. So if you're craving that, I have two in-person retreats coming up, one in Minnesota in September, September 8th through the 11th, and then one in November, which is the weekend of November 11th, and eleven eleven. We love that. Um, I'm going to be co-hosting that one with my dear friend, Megan Toner. If you feel called to be in the mountains of Breckenridge, come to the November one. If you're maybe in Minnesota or near Minnesota, or maybe just want to experience the lake house and come hang out with us in the beautiful, I just visited, as I'm recording this, I just just visited the retreat house for the Minnesota one over the weekend. And you guys, it was the most incredible little spot that we're going to be. And right as I was pulling up to the house, a baby fox ran across the road with its mama. And I was like, Hi, universe. I see you. So the intention for both of these is different. Um, The Minnesota one, we're really going to be focusing on igniting your spirit. And to me, what that means is coming back to that playfulness, coming back to that curiosity, coming back to that like spark that lives within all of us. And I think some of us can lose that along the way. We can feel like we're going through the motions of life or that we're not fully connected, or maybe that there's just a deeper level of connection out there and available to us. And so this retreat is all about reigniting that passion, that fire, that excitement, that playfulness, that eagerness, that cleverness. I loved that the little foxes appeared because it was like how funny that like the sign of a fox is playfulness and mischievous and clever and independence and I just feel like that's such a connection to what we're going to be doing at the Minnesota retreat and then at the Colorado retreat Megan and I's intention for you guys is to reconnect reclaim and remember and I think a lot of us have been feeling in and out of our clarity and I can admit this for myself it was like There have been moments where everything feels crystal clear and then moments where everything feels foggy. And our intention is really to anchor you back into who you are and remember how powerful you are, how powerful your spirit is, how powerful your healing abilities are. Megan's a shaman. I think she does such incredible work. We are almost like opposites in what we do in the energetic realms. And I think it's going to be a really cool experience to have both of us in one space holding the energies and the frequencies in such different ways that really are going to complement each other. So I hope that you join us. I hope to see you guys there. Details can be found linked in the show notes, or you can go to www.shelbyrose.com forward slash retreat. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Rose, and today I have Megan Toner with me. You guys have... Ha- I've had her on the podcast before. You guys have met her. Um, if you don't know who she is, go follow her on Instagram. Go listen to her previous episode. Um Megan, do you want to introduce yourself before we dive into our conversation? I know like, yeah, we were kind of jamming and I was like, I just have to hit record because we're going to miss <laughs> out on all the nuggets. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Hello, everyone. And thank you for Shelby for having me on again. It's such a pleasure. Uh, my name is Megan Toner. I am a shaman and an energy healer. And yeah, I, uh, I've been on a very interesting journey, uh, Every lifetime, all my lifetimes, but this this particular website <laughs> has been a little bit of <laughs> a doozy, and uh, it's in its own right. Uh, and i I know that every every single trial and tribulation and experience that I've had has just helped me to grow uh, and expand uh even more as a as a human being, as a as a spirit. Uh, but but man, <laughs> that's been, that's it's been hard sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we were we were talking in conversation um just before Shelby and I hit record about uh a little bit of what has been going on for the both of us so far this year. And, uh, this year it was so far, I, I hope the rest of the year is going to be like coasting from here on out, but you know, if, if anything life has taught me, it's just like, just buckle up and see what happens along on the ride. Um, yeah, it's like, you have no control over, like
0: I was just sharing a tiny bit of my experience as well with you. Cause we hadn't caught up in a while and it's like, I was riding on a high, things are good. And then bam, there was this experience I had and maybe we'll get into it today. Maybe we won't, but it's like this experience. And then it's like, you had no control, no expectation of this happening. Like it just kind of lands in your lap and you have to do with it. What Mm -hmm. like, you just have to roll
1: with it because there's no other option or no other choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, Totally, what what I experienced when what I went through, where I was riding a high, things were amazing. I had mm. all these great things on the horizon, and uh, universe had other plans for me. And uh, you know, got hit with the vid, which landed me in the hospital with pneumonia. Got put on medication. That sent me into what they call a steroid-induced psychosis, and that actually ended up putting me into a psychiatric hospital uh, for a few days. And you know, without getting like too much into that, it it seemed that was our only option. Unfortunately, there, and that's one of the things that with the medical, one of a million things wrong with our healthcare system, Mm um, that our backs were kind of against a wall. And here, here I was having this horrible reaction, uh, to a medication that was, um, causing me to be manic. It was, um, having, I had complete insomnia. I could not sleep for days on end, which, you know, I, my heart, goes out to anybody that experiences insomnia, because it is horrible. <laughs> I am somebody who loves, cherishes my sleep. I'm a solid yes. eight hour a night girl. And yes. when I'm out, I'm out. Not mm-hmm. uh, Granted, I'm, I, te- I tend to do a lot of work um, in the astrals while I'm sleeping, uh, a lot of shamanic work, but um, yeah. So not having that sleep was enough to make me go crazy. Um, I always never. think too. Sorry. I was just oh, to no, go ahead, go ahead. I was
0: like, I always think too, like whenever I like go out now, like with friends or anything, it's like I could have one drink or two drinks, but if I'm up till midnight and I have to wake up at 6am, it's the sleep that makes me feel hungover and loopy and like off the next day. It's not, I mean, maybe a little bit of alcohol, but even if I don't drink and I stay up till midnight and wake up at six a.m., I'm like, I feel hungover. Absolutely. I realize it's,
1: it's, it's it is the lack of sleep. Oh yeah, it is it is a so real Im- thing.
0: I can't imagine not sleeping for like three or four days
1: straight. That had it to feel it was five terrible. Five days straight. Well, maybe even more than that. Or I would get what I call like disco naps. Like it was an hour, maybe, mm. um, not enough to really like be anything that is replenishing yeah um but yeah the side effects of the insomnia and uh the mania and um like hallucinations and yeah um when we had talked to like my my doctor and my therapist about it and um we realized like we were going to have to, I was going to have going to have to be put on a medication to counteract the medication that I was on, um, that I was trying to get out of my system. So yeah, they, um, uh, I ended up having to go to the psychiatric hospital to to get an eval to get put on medication. And, um, that I'm not even somebody who like takes ibuprofen. <laughs> Like I never, I never take anything, Um, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll go about it naturally if I can. Um, but I also understand there is a time and a place for Western medicine. And so I was, I was open to taking what I had to take in order to feel normal again. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I it was a very interesting experience in a psychiatric hospital and my heart goes out to anyone who has experienced it because I, I know, um, after talking to a lot of people about it and, you know, it, it was something that I wasn't sure I really wanted to share, um, uh, because there is a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, um, around mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And not, not wanting to share that with people. Um, I realized wasn't really serving others. Right. Because when I did start opening up to people that I felt comfortable with, I was, I was getting a lot of stories in return, uh, from, from particular people that had to go into a hospital after having a baby or like me after having a really bad reaction to a medication or, or for mental health reasons. Um, so I know that there's so much power in, in sharing my story uh, as uncomfortable as it can be sometimes um, again, because there's, the stigma right around us like having to be perfect and not wanting to share like all of like the mess that we sometimes are like the unperfect parts the messy parts uh, and it's like almost like there's like a certain
0: level of mess that's acceptable like oh it's okay that you go to therapy but like oh I just think about like (laughs) we were talking about this, like we've always both kind of been seen as weirdos. (laughs) I'm seen as like, a weirdo in the community. I grew up in for the most part, I think probably I would assume people think I'm a little out there. And then it's like, I joined a cult for a couple (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Oh, confirmation. She really went off the deep end. And so I think it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's acceptable to be a little bit weird to go to therapy or to have these experiences, But like, there's like a level of, a level of like traumatic experiences that other people can hold. And I think a lot of it is like their trauma creates, for me, trauma created shame and discomfort. And like, this is a lot for me to hold. How could anyone else possibly hold it? Because we are supposed to be like, on this path of like not making mistakes and perfection. And that's like what we're taught in school is like, Oh, you, you got to answer wrong. You get a bad grade. You did some, like, it's like you weren't perfect. You didn't follow that perfect trajectory. It's bad. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. You should be ashamed.
1: Yeah.
0: When really there's so many other people who are having these experiences. I know people who've been to psychiatric, So I feel like it's not something that we really need to have like a stigma around, but we do like, even, I don't know about you when I was growing up, it's like there was stigma around people who had therapists or who went to therapy. We didn't talk about mental health. You shoved your emotions down. It's, it's a very different experience than what I feel like I can talk to with the people in my life that I've chosen to be there. Absolutely. But to like the general public, it's still scary and feels
1: Terrifying. Absolutely. And it's it's interesting. I feel like, you know, some people that I've like even run into, it's almost like they don't know how to react to to me. Yeah, they're like uncomfortable around you. And then I'm
0: like, I'm just gonna stay away because I can feel your I'm not uncomfortable about it anymore. But yeah. like, I can feel your discomfort and it's making me uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god, yes
1: yeah
0: it's like uh, well one of the things i want to talk about today too is like having a really solid community it's i think one of the reasons that we're going to be hosting our retreat together is that like we both i've always felt so safe and comfortable with you and so like i can be all the parts of myself and bring all the parts of me with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can just see and hold that and i think that's something that you is so powerful and so important, especially as women to have this group of other women who just, or female feminine identifying human beings who see you and hear you and can hold space for you. And like, without that judgment and that fear of like, Oh my gosh, is this going to, are they going to be able to hold this? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really excited about that side tangent. Yeah. we'll talk about that
1: more (laughs) in a few minutes, but (laughs) yes, I'm excited about that too. Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, I feel like so after all of this had happened, right, it it's been interesting trying to to like move out of that experience and back into the world. And it's just like, okay, now now how do I be? How do I how do I (laughs) act or how like how do I human after an experience like that? Like I, I was telling Shelby earlier, I, I did end up going back to um, the being behind the chair as a hairstylist. uh, Because for me, I was like, I need to be around people because I had spent months without having very much human interaction aside Mm -hmm. from like close friends and family. And that was amazing. Uh, But I mean, I've worked with the public since honestly, I was eight years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, to not do that anymore, I was like, no, I, I need to be around people. But also, once I was, I didn't know how to have small talk anymore. It just, it yeah. all felt so strange. And like, what do I even talk about anymore? Because <laughs> like- it's like, that's the main thing that's on your mind. And,
0: to go back to just like simple, small interactions feels so out there and so bizarre and so foreign. But I think what you're saying about like getting back around being around people is so powerful and important. Cause it's almost like, Oh yeah. Like there are just like simple interactions that can bring, bring joy. There are people who aren't having these it like kind of grounds new. I don't know what they Cause I'm just thinking about like, I actually had a conversation with um, the woman I meet at the dog park every morning about being socially awkward. And I was, she's like, Oh, you don't seem socially awkward. And I was like, no, I think being at the dog park has helped me alleviate that so much. Cause I'm around people every day now, but during the pandemic, the only person I had that I really talked to on a daily basis was someone who was tearing my confidence apart. Like, and it was like, Oh, there are so many just like kind human beings who want to have these loving interactions and they don't know my whole story, but it's really healthy to remember that like those simple interactions can be so powerful almost like to bring you back to like, okay, my life isn't just about my trauma. That's how it felt to me of like, I can have these small talk, this small talk and have the small conversations and it doesn't have to just be about these experiences I've had.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Like that has been incredibly healing for me, like being back, like in the salon around people. And also I felt like a a big takeaway that I had from um, my whole experience of everything that I went through was I had this huge realization of how much I had lost touch with things that brought me a lot of joy. I really feel like at some point, if you're on the, the spiritual journey, you're on the spiritual path. I feel like for so many of us, we can get a little bit too caught up in it. Right. Yeah,
0: totally. this is like yeah. a huge thing that's been coming through for me the past few months too, is like, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that it has to be your whole life, shall be Like exactly. Um, your life doesn't it, need to we, revolve
1: around. This. Right. It, it becomes almost a little bit too extreme yeah. where I think, um, I just, I, it was also consuming like my daily rituals and practices and all of these things that did bring me joy. And I, I love them, but at the same time, there wasn't much time and space for anything else. Yeah. And I felt, I feel like for so many of us, we're having a bit of this going back to the basics. Yep. Um, I'm going back to things actually from my childhood that brought me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, the horses? Yes, horseback riding. <laughs> yes. I've been. I got back on a horse and which had been decades for me. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love all animals, but I've always felt a huge connection to horse spirit and I grew up around them. Uh, I had a best friend who owned several horses. I was at her house pretty much every weekend and we were riding and just having the, interactions with with the horses every day uh, I realized how much I missed it and just how therapeutic it is to not only be like in their energy um, but also to be able to to ride again so that's been just the most amazing experience I mean my very first lesson I left the barn and I had to pull over because I just started bawling, but it was happy tears. It felt so good and so right. Um, And it was also really amazing because the horse that, they started me off on had just lost one of his buddies. So we were both grieving really hard and, you know, I could feel it as I was walking up to him and I I had a conversation with him. as I do with animals? And I was just like, I know you're hurting. I'm hurting too. Like, let's like, let's work together and like I got you, you got me. And, um, it was beautiful. Uh, so, Okay, yeah. I'm crying, I'm crying for <laughs> real literally. It was really special.
0: Uh, oh. So
1: horseback riding has been so therapeutic for me. And getting back into art therapy also has been really, really profound. Um I I used to paint, I used to draw, and again, I really lost touch with that side of myself and, and stopped creating time and space for it and mm-hmm. so i've been getting back into that and that feels really good so i feel like so many of us just lose touch or forget uh those parts of ourselves that really bring us so much joy um and yeah i i do feel like that's that's been a theme for a so many this year is going back to the basics and really remembering how, how to be human. And
0: yeah. I'm like pulling parts of ourselves back that we've like what you're saying about like the riding horses and those parts of us that we forgot. It was something I realized, um, I started helping one of my friends that I moved out to Colorado with the first time she has a mobile bar business. Um, she's a horse girl too. Awesome. And she was like, do you want to bartend with me this summer? I was like, first of all, yes. Cause I want to actually see you this summer. But I was like, I forgot that like my full time when I was working as a dietitian, they had to like convince me to let go of like bartending and serving. Cause I just loved it. I loved the fast pace. I loved like socializing with people. I loved like having those little interactions and I've been doing it with her a couple times a month. And I'm like, this is so fun. Like I genuinely just love this. Like it's just a, a fun experience for me to be around people. And what I think is really interesting is that when I started my spiritual journey, I started telling people that I'm an introvert. Mm. And I don't actually think that's true. Yeah. I'm like I'm actually really fueled by being around people and
1: I think I forgot that. Yeah. I'm the same way. I I get energized by being around people and having human interactions but there are times when I am also very much like a homebody. Yeah. Yes. I need to recharge and be at home alone. Yeah, and for us, it's feel like, like peopling. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. both. It's definitely both. It yeah.
0: But it's yeah. interesting, like pulling those parts back. And the other thing that was coming through as you were talking to is like, I feel like it's almost like a part of mastery. Like um, I, what I was thinking about as you were talking about that is like, when I was like studying nutrition and helping my body understand how nutrition works for me because for a long time I was like overweight, overeating, like using food to like stuff emotions as a kid. And then under eating, not nourishing my body. And it was a 10 year period for me to really understand how food works for me and how like that relationship to food. And then once it was no longer like I needed to master it and I could just kind of like come to a, the balance point with it, then I no Mm. longer felt like I needed to immerse myself in it. Yes. And so I almost feel like spirituality is kind of like that for a period. I think everyone goes through that incubation period where it's like, you are all the way in it. Mm -hmm. And not that not saying we've mastered it, but like you, at some point in time, you have to step back and come out and say like, okay, but there's all these parts of me. There is the play and the fun and the community and the movement and the nutrition. It's not just Mm-hmm. this one part that makes me who I am. It's all these parts. Yeah. And so you kind of step back out of mastery and say, okay, like this doesn't have to be all of my life. It's a big part of my life, but it doesn't have Absolutely. to be
1: everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> it was also interesting how like you and I seem to mirror, like, I feel like we're always like kind of in the same, yep. like, We're like oscillating in between similar, not the same experience, but similar experience. Very the same. mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is why we found we, uh, so I, I, we probably shared this on the first episode, but like for the listeners, Megan and I met in my Beachbody days over Instagram and we had a call. And I think you were like getting Reiki done at the time. And I was like, I, I I remember it. I was like sitting in a park. I don't know if it was our first call or second call yeah. or third call. I was still living in Minneapolis. And I was like, that's so funny. One of the girls at work just talked about energy healing. It keeps popping up. And you were like the first person I could like talk to these, uh, talk about these things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I feel like we've been on a really similar, just like. Yes. Yeah. Very similar trajectory. <laughs> Very similar timeline of like when like even our spiritual gifts, I feel like started to come a lot. I, I feel like yours were before mine. Cause I don't know. And I feel like yours are different and like a little more intense than mine, but I feel like even that part of our journey was very similar timeline.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so
1: weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's so weird, but it's also just so cool and so amazing. Yeah. Um. Because I, I feel like, our little community, like we're all so interwoven and yeah, like we, we do experience very similar things, um, in different ways. Uh, but yeah, it seems like we tend to learn like the same lessons around the same time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What I also want to say about that is like, I think this is a big I, I want to talk about community because I think it's, it's so hard to describe like what, how impactful and important, like strong female connections or or whatever connection, like it really doesn't matter. I just think having people who really love support you and see you how powerful it is. But Megan was the person when I was going through the cult experience, you were the only person who was like, no, Shelby, like, this man is the person who is darkness in your life. Like you were the only person who called it out. And I think that's the power of having people that you unconditionally love is that like, you feel that level of comfort when they're walking a path that maybe you can see is not in alignment or you can see is not a healthy path. Like I couldn't see it. Cause I was so dark, deep in it. Like you were the person who was like, no, Shelby, the path you're walking is not the right path. Like you can choose it but I just want you to know, like, as an outside person, like, this is, this is not your path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you could have said that had we not formed a really like yeah. loving pure connection before we were both like walking this, like really interesting <laughs> <laughs> twisted path, like alongside each other. And you're like, ah, this is not the path. Yeah. Um, so I I share that because I think, you know, People can see this podcast that I built and the platform that I built. And it's, I literally wouldn't have what I have today. If I didn't have people like Megan in my life who see me and hear me and hold space for me when I'm going through the thick of it and the hard times. And like, there is no judgment. I can bring all the parts of me. I can bring the cult experience with me. I can say like, Oh, this happened. And there's no like, shame or judgment or fear it's just like yeah that's happened this was an experience you had
1: yeah and typically i'm not one to interfere with somebody's <laughs> path and experience you know because we're all on our own journey totally i i can look at i'm i've always been an observer right i always mm-hmm. observe um I, I love to people watch. <laughs> I, I love to hear stories and all these things. Um, but yeah, I'm not typically one to like, usually like intervene. Inter- yeah. Right. Like I, I, I won't usually say something, but I'm like, okay, when I can see, uh, something is really, really, really wrong and really off. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit back on this one. I'm like, <laughs> well, I think
0: it was so powerful. Cause I think you also knew that I couldn't see it. Like from the yeah. van, from where I was, I was just like, so confused that I couldn't see it. It was like, it was what I needed at that time. And I think that's the, like, there's a difference between allowing your friends to learn their own lessons and like, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just gotta step back and be like you do you boo boo i am yeah. here for you on the other side of this i got you i will catch you <laughs> um mm-hmm. i know this isn't your path but like i know you also need to walk this in order to understand it there's a difference between that i mean like i can see my friend has no fucking idea which way is up yeah. um like let me just like point her slightly in the right direction and i think she'll figure it out like yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> that I did love you. <laughs> love you love you and look <laughs> at me now just back. thriving <laughs> thriving thriving at life right now <laughs> yeah
1: but it, it is it's so it's so important that we have these communities because I I feel that like when probably around the time that we met um slightly before then I felt really kind of isolated in a sense where, yeah, like you were saying, I couldn't bring all of the parts Mm -hmm. of myself to the relationships that I already had. Um, not that the relationships that I had, they, they just, they really weren't on the same path that I was. So I couldn't necessarily have a conversation, um, about, shamanism or about like I don't know kundalini or whatever yeah Um, and yeah I, I was craving that like that's that's what I needed in my life was where I could show up in spaces and just share it all bear it all and be be held be supported um be seen fully um and just really be like loved for for all of it. Um, and it's been so, so beautiful to be able to create spaces like that and, and to be on retreats in beautiful locations where we're just able to show up fully and completely and uh, be able to reconnect with each other And also I feel like be able to disconnect too. Um, Like I love going on retreat and really like I'll take videos, of course, because, you know, I want to share like totally. I want to share the energy of of what it is to be on on retreat with everybody. Um, But yeah, I do really try to be, I just, I immerse myself in the presence of, of the land that we're on and with the people that I'm with and it's so nourishing. I love, I love how, even as a facilitator, how I'm witnessing the healing of clients that are attending, but I'm also receiving so much healing on retreat. It's
0: such a symbiotic, relationship. And I, what I think is so interesting, I don't know if this has been your experience because you've hosted a lot of retreats and co-hosted a lot of retreats, um, probably more than I have. And I don't know if this has been the experience in the retreat, but a lot of times was coming up for the people at the retreat is also something that like, mirrors something and experience that I've had or experience that I'm moving through. And it's like, just like the energy of the collective is like, okay, we're healing this this weekend, or this is coming up this weekend. It's like, we've all had, or a majority have had very similar experiences.
1: Absolutely. And I always feel like the women that Come to these retreats, are drawn to these retreats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all
0: there's a reason. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or, like, what I think is so interesting, I've had a couple of people be like, Oh, I'm really drawn. Like, I really want to come to the Colorado retreat, but for some reason, I feel like I'm really drawn to the Minnesota retreat. And I'm like, It's so interesting. It's like, there must be like, and I'm not projecting that experience on anyone who's listening to this to have the same but notice which ones you're drawn to. Cause there's probably people there or connections there or something mm-hmm. there for you. Like versus some of you are going to be more drawn to like coming to the Colorado retreat because like, there's something there for you. So yeah. or, wherever, you know what I mean? Say like, it doesn't even have to be here. Maybe it's going to a certain coffee shop or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. notice where your energy is being pulled. Cause I just think that's really interesting. I'm like, there's something there for oh, you yeah. that you need to experience or feel or sense or see
1: Absolutely, or someone you need to meet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, every every retreat I've been on, I've I've had like one profound experience or another, and I'm just like, yep this this is why I keep this doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep showing up to these retreats. This is why I facilitate or co facilitate, um, and. I know just how much, especially after everything that we've all been through, how important it is to have these in-person immersions, like these really sacred immersive experiences. Um, Yeah. It's been, it has been truly life-changing ever since I started and, I mean, I don't ever want to stop. <laughs> I don't ever, I don't want to and stop. I think just as as we evolve, the, the retreats keep evolving yes. too. Yeah. You know.
0: I'm super curious because this will be our first retreat where we'll be co-facilitating together. I'm really curious about like what is your experience of like holding space as a shaman? Cause I think there's gonna be some listeners who are like, first of all, what is a shaman? Mm -hmm. What is the role of a shaman? And what does that look like in a retreat space?
1: So it's kind of interesting because I have felt like the way in which I have held space has changed. Um, because first of all,
0: can I just say this before you dive in? I will not know. I need to cry. And anytime I'm in Megan's energy, I'll be like, Oh, there they come. They they come every time. It's like something about your energy, the way you hold space. I just like feel like cracks people open without even having to do anything or say anything. You're just like so present that it like shakes up everything in in me that needs to come bubbling to the surface. So I'll just start
1: with that and then dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love and appreciate that. Um, that I'm able to, to do that for you. Um, But yeah, I think uh, the way at this last retreat that I was just on, um, you know, after everything that I had gone through, uh, I realized, I have to be honest, like a lot of the retreats after I, the retreats would end, I was exhausted, really energy, energetically tapped. And I had the realization it was the way in which I was kind of holding space on these retreats. It was interesting because of course, when you are in person uh, with people, it is so much more powerful. I was like, okay, like, how is it that I can hop on calls, you know, whether it be group or um, individual and I can hold space and I'm, I'm great after. Um, But in person on retreat for multiple days on end um I was I would be pretty tapped after and I just realized uh that I was holding space in a way that it was just like I was very connected um of course I'm an I'm an empath like like so many of us, but I, I couldn't separate myself energetically. So now when it is that I'm holding space, it's, there is a little bit of a separation there. Now clients are not going to feel a difference. Um, but it was almost like I had, I have to take a step back so that I can hold space in a much different way that isn't going to drain my energy that, um, and also just, I, I think there's, I think there's so much power to that too, because it, it's more empowering for the clients. as I well. was just
0: going to say, you said something to me a, a few months ago about, about how your work is shifting into like, and how healing work shifts when mm-hmm. you're no longer doing the work for your clients, you're empowering yes. your clients. And I think like, that's the difference. Like you're no longer taxed when you're, trying to do the work for a client. Like it's almost like you're like being like, Oh, I see your potential. Let me drag you here versus like, I see your potential. I'm going to hold space for your potential. Mm -hmm. And you are the one who needs to do the work because I can do it for you, but you're going to go right back where you started. Like you have to be the one that like pulls yourself forward. And it is empowering because they're no longer having that codependent relationship on healers or mentors or coaches. They're, they're deciding that, Oh no, I have the power within me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for showing me that. But now I've gotten me.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the work that I was doing like with Akashic record work, I would check, I would check into somebody's energy field, see what needed clearing, what needed releasing, removing contracts, entities, you name it. Right. And I was just like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to go in and do do, do, like, take care of all the things for you. Yeah. Which was all well and good. But then the clients of course would eventually come back because they're not removing themselves from
0: the situations that are creating in the first place.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) it was just, I mean, it completely fried me too, to the point, I mean, obviously with everything that I went through, like I had to take a lot of time off of work because my, my energy, like I, there was, there was no way I was. (laughs) I was massively tapped out. And I was like, this is going to take a lot of time before I can get back into doing this work. And I know that when I do, it's going to look completely different. Um, And, and that's been really profound um, and really powerful. And it's not only for me, but also for clients as well. Uh, Although I, I think there was some, some healthy fear around that too. It's just like, how are clients going to respond to my work looking different and feeling different and maybe even me feeling, feeling different to them. Right. Like, yeah. You know, but it's, I think that's interesting too. Cause I feel
0: like when I shifted post cult experience, I had the same fears. I'm like, I feel so different. I feel like a different person. Mm-hmm how are people going to respond to it? And there were a lot of people that fell away. Yeah. But a different type of client was attracted to the work I was, I'm doing now, which I, I just thought that was so interesting. Like there was so much fear and the fear was rational because there were people who no longer resonated with me and what I'm, what I talk about now, what I, what I'm here to do now. But it was Mm -hmm. the, there was, there's never any lack though. Yes. Like that's at the end of the day, there's always people who are going to resonate with whatever mm-hmm.
1: you're bringing to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that's been, that's been really something. <laughs> <laughs> that has <something. laughs> that is something, but it's been beautiful. Mm. So, yeah.
0: um, My phone is, on a very low percentage and I want to be mindful of our time together. Is there anything that you are wanting to share with the group or if if there's someone who maybe wants to come to the retreat or anything about even shamanism, actually let's talk about shamanism because I feel like there are some people who are going to be like, I still don't know what that means or
1: what that is. Mm -hmm. What would you describe a shaman as? So now I know there's a lot of people out there that may have, um, different different ideas of what a shaman is or how a shaman practices. And there's also very different types of shamanism. I would say um, I tend to like lean more into um, Native American and even like Central American um, types of, of shamanism particularly because I have Native American roots. So I feel very, very connected um, to that type of shamanism. Um, Not everybody does. Um, So some of my practices and ceremonies uh, may have a lot of Native American influence. Um, But, and I also come from, I guess I would say, a a school of shamanism but like a an ideology i would say of shamanism where you know i i don't feel like it's linear mm-hmm. i don't feel like i only practice like a very specific type of way um I, i'm using like all of my tools from my tool yeah. belt right like it's just like okay well i I am a shaman who also has done work with, um, has gotten Reiki certified. So I may use some modalities and trainings from Reiki or integrated energy therapy or multidimensional healing. So I, I'm mentored by a shaman who very much is of the same. Methodology where you know we're kind of just like it's it's not all or nothing like it's it's all yeah it's like you're it's it's
0: kind of like yeah you're a shaman and you're just like we're talking kind of tying it back to what we're talking about earlier is like you're bringing all the parts of you into that exactly
1: exactly like I don't I don't try to like box myself in in any capacity and and I feel like that's really how my approach to shamanism also is and and that's not everybody's approach and that's okay um but i've never really had a linear approach to anything (laughs) (laughs) it just wouldn't feel
0: right it wouldn't feel right it wouldn't feel negative it wouldn't it's like you're like so feminine and flowy that it it just wouldn't work (laughs)
1: yeah but I feel like for for me in particular, you know, a, a shaman is is an energy healer. Um, they are, they're healers of a community too. And uh, that was something that I remember when I first started like delving into shamanism, I was like, well, I don't feel like I'm a leader in my community, right? <laughs> because i'm thinking of like a village right? yeah (laughs) like i was like thinking like small scale like it's just like oh like you know i'm not necessarily like in this physical community Mm -hmm. like i mean i was in in some ways yes um but yeah they're they're the healers of their their community um they are the way showers the seers uh they're able to travel amongst what we call the seen and unforeseen realms,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: traveling through different dimensions to be able to do healing. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, that's been something too that I feel like I, struggled with in, in so many lifetimes of, um, expect, accepting the responsibility of what it is to be a shaman and ha- like how to, to show up, um, for others in, in ways that are really powerful, but again, like, the clients are usually doing the work I'm holding, I'm holding the space for them. Uh, yeah. But I feel like in so many lifetimes, I was just like, I don't, <laughs> this is a lot to carry. <laughs> like, this is this is a lot to hold, this is a lot to carry. Like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this time around feels, feels very different uh, because I'm like, It's not all of my responsibility, but, you know, I, I do so ethically and responsibly and yeah. And I have to say showing up has always felt natural and easy to me. Um, but it's, it's been really cool to see how that has also shifted, uh, recently, um, in a way that is not only empowering for me, but empowering for the clients and showing them how they can show up in a similar fashion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Being an empath is, (laughs) is not always easy. (laughs) No. (laughs) When you're doing this line of work. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think like being, Like you care as well. And so it's like, how do I say that? It's like, it's almost hard to care so much because you can see like the path people are going down or the choices they're making or whatever it is. And it's like, Yeah.
1: yeah. I know. And we just have yeah. to, we like love let them. them, have their experience. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, like not wanting to rob somebody of their, their experience because mm-hmm. I mean, right. It's like your parents tell you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a teenager, right. Like not, I don't know, not to do like certain things. And then you're like, I'm going to do it anyway. I
0: need to learn the lesson. I need to jump into the middle of the lesson in order to learn. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I love the saying, like, you know, like fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that it's just before. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's me just I'm gonna fuck around and find out yeah exactly
1: and I mean that's that's with me my whole life is just like I love that. oh well so you did fuck around and find out and that how'd that feel yeah not great but I now know you learned the lesson
0: and yes not gonna make that same mistake twice yep mm-hmm. oh, yeah I love that yeah, yeah me in a nutshell same. i didn't even stop when i was done being a teenager i just continued oh, into my adulthood yeah same yeah. <laughs> still fucking around to be honest I've <laughs> uh, okay. part of the human experience though right <laughs> it is it's like and i think it's like we, this is like literally tying our whole conversation together it's like that's what we came here to do. And we're so programmed to think that we're supposed to like check boxes and be perfect and like have it all together and like be successful. That's like what society tells us. And literally the opposite is true of what I believe. My theory is that we came came here to do is like to literally fuck around and find out of like, who are you? Well, you can't know until you've had so many different experiences that you know who you're not like, like, what do you like? I don't know. Go try different things or experience different things. Or like, how do you succeed? You have to fail in order to succeed or like have to have experiences that challenge you in order to succeed because there really is no success without trial and without like the hero's journey. And you can't do that by checking boxes and being perfect.
1: Yeah,
0: and I so it's I wish literally we celebrated tiny.
1: failures more than we actually do. I know.
0: Like, I wish I wasn't so uncomfortable with them. Like it's it's like it, even to this day after like everything that I've like tried, it's like there's still so much discomfort around. Mm-hmm. What if I fail?
1: Yeah,
0: and I think it's just societal. It's like infused it in our culture. It's like oh Absolutely. well, little failure
1: is okay. Big failure and fuck up. Yeah. Not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember like hearing, I want to say it was an author. I can't recall, but, uh, how they grew up in a household where their father at the end of the day, they would come home and they'd be, he'd be like, so what did you fail at today? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so they would truly celebrate in, in failures I love that. Yeah. I'm like, and just like normalize it
0: because it is such a part of our growth experience. Yeah. If I ever have little humans, exactly. Pulling that one in. (laughs) Uh, mm. Anything else you want to leave the listeners with? I think I'm like at my cap for percentage on my phone. Sorry.
1: Um, you no, know, I I would say just the thing that's that's coming up for me to to share with you guys or to just kind of uh have you ask yourself is like what is something that you feel like you may have lost touch with? whether that be like an old part of you or thing you used to do and um, explore that, like go and explore that. And, and remember those really joyful, beautiful human parts of yourself or things you used to do uh, because it, it's been profoundly healing for me. And I know for so many others that have experienced a rough year, a rough couple of years. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: So as you're saying that too, you know, it's really cool. Is like our retreat is remember reclaim and Mm -hmm. what's, what's the last reconnect reconnect. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how, how like how much this ties it all together. And I do want to talk about the retreat for just one second. So for those of you who are feeling like you do want to have a community and you want a safe space in your feeling call to the, it's going to be in Colorado, likely near the Breckenridge area. Um, so that's going to be happening November 11th. It's the weekend of November 11th. So it'll be that Thursday through Sunday morning. There's going to be a group of us that are going to be up in the mountains doing energy work connection, just like playing, having fun, loving on one another. Like if you can <laughs> see the, see the connection, Megan and I have like, that's the Mm -hmm. intention we have set for this container of like, just really loving, nurturing, supportive, non-judgmental. And I can say that every single retreat I've hosted, the women that come are incredible. Like I'm so excited to meet every single one of you because when we talk on this podcast, when we connect on this podcast, it's such a pure hearted, loving group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can expect that, that that is what you're going to get at. Our retreat,
1: <laughs> absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, kind thank you, for to, your... to give everybody hugs. <laughs> I know, like I just want hugs in real life, and like I just like what I'm envisioning is like drinking cacao in the morning, like on a deck mm-hmm. with mountain views, like giggling with my sisters. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> or absolutely. coffee. Absolutely, it's, it's coffee for me, but <laughs> matcha for me, <laughs> matcha for you. <laughs> we'll have a variety of hot morning beverages All for the you guys beverages. to sip on. <laughs> uh well thank you for being here and spending time with me i love connecting with you obviously i know the listeners will as well um if you want to come hang out with you where can they find you megan
1: Uh, so you can find me on instagram um at underscore i am megan toner (laughs) that got changed because i got hacked so instagram or my website um which is Um, Yeah, you can hit me up on either one of those platforms. And I just look forward to connecting with you guys. Perfect. And, and the,
0: the last thing- retreat. Yes, <laughs> on retreat. The last thing I should say, if you're trying to find the retreat, go to my website, shelbyrose.com forward slash CO retreat. Or if you just go to forward slash retreat, it'll direct you to the different retreats and events I have going
1: on right now. Awesome. And we're ending at two 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 my time.
0: Oh my god, I love that. Yep. 1222 my time.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.